Hey, welcome to Made For More. My name is Aaron Burke. I am your host for this monthly podcast, and we are doing something unique because we are celebrating two years, 30,000 plus downloads of this podcast. And so as it has gone out to leaders all over the world, um, we're going to do something unique, and we're actually going to answer some of the top questions. And I have my friend, the one and only Bobby Sasser here, executive pastor at Radiant Church, yeah. been friends since uh, almost 20 years, a long time. Long time. And so uh, Bobby's going to kind of pitch the questions to me. We'll have a good discussion. I think we got some good questions submitted. So Yeah, I think so. Well, hey, it's good to be back. Yes. Got my little podcast introduction a few months back. You so. did. And that was one of the top podcasts too, people, about how to how to grow an organization, how to multiply. Well, it took it took my whole bonus to pay that off. Yes. But uh, <laughs> I, I definitely got I, I spread the word. So Good. but no, it's a true honor to be back. And and um, you know, I love QA's actually as a podcast listener. So I think whether you listen to this podcast all the time or if this is your, you know, friend shared it with you, QA's are a great place to start. And uh, so I'm excited. We're we're hearing from one of the best. And so why don't we just dive in? Well, you know? and I think I think it's important to know that like I am hopefully going off the cuff with a lot of this yeah. because what I want this to be is not like staged, uh, you know, scripted answers. So you might hear a lot of ums or, you know, wells or whatever, you know, those yeah. fillers, because I really wanted this to be a conversation and try to really uh, dig deep. And I know you're a great question asker, so I think it'll be great. For sure. And rawness is great. And you're, let's have a good Thank time you for it. being vulnerable. And uh, we'll see how vulnerable so. we get, but. Well, why don't, with us. why don't we kind of begin with the end in mind? Okay. So it's December. You just celebrated your 39th birthday. Almost uh, 40. Almost wow. 40. You know, you're closer to 50 than you are 25. And so that's, wow. uh, that's a big that's one. Depressing. So, Thank but you. hey, you look great. You Thank feel you. great. But no, we're at December, which yep. is kind of crazy that we're already here at the end of the year. Yep. It feels like it's flown by. So as you kind of look back on, on 2022 as a whole, and yep. I know there's so many things from family to ministry and personally, what do you feel like, what do you glean on as you look back on it? What are some of those biggest wins as you celebrated uh, on your birthday? I know you do like a big evaluation yeah, a big and write evaluation. a lot of stuff. So, so um, I made 35 goals for the last year. And so I went through the other day and checked off and I checked off 22 of the 35. So nice. I think that was a win. Hey, so when I think of that, um, I think, you know, those are wins. Those are campuses that we open. That were financial um, goals that I had personally. That was generosity goals. That was goals with Katie and I in our marriage. So I break them down in like five categories, all of my goals. So I break down into a faith goal. I want to grow spiritually. I put a certain amount of devotions and journals that I want to write, and I did that. Um, I put right down a ministry goal. This is my work goal. This is when it comes to the church, when it comes to metrics, and when it comes to staffing. And so I, I make all that real specific. I put down fitness goals. You nice. know, those are a big one. Hey, those are great. Bobby and I ran our first marathon, first and last, I would like yeah. to say for me. <laughs> I'm uh, going to give it another shot, but yes, Bobby I, would need, need I respect another it. shot. We did a good job with that. So I ran, a, a, did that a fitness goals this year. And so, yeah. Um, had a bunch of those and mark those off the list. Um, and then we break it down into family goals. I want to make sure that I have stuff within the family that we make sure we make happen. And then I do financial goals. I nice. make sure that um, I make real strategic financial goals for Katie and I personally, when it comes to investing and giving, when it comes to uh, big purchases we're going to make. So all of that was strategic. So uh, mapped all that out, 22 of them done. The rest of them will be carried over. I made 30, I made 40 for my 39th year. So nice. I brought, mapped all those out. But um, I think of when I look back on this last year, I'll talk about the church for a second, because I know we have a lot of church yeah. leaders. Um, there's something that happens in year nine and 10 that um, is so amazing. It almost feels like, you know, the flywheel principle that Jim yeah. Collins talks about. 
It's like we were working so hard year after year mm -hmm. after year, doing yes. the same thing over and over and over again. We still are telling people every Sunday, go to Next Steps, yeah. get in a group, you know, serve on a team, um, you know, serve our community, give generously. And it feels like it gets mundane, but it doesn't get yeah. mundane. It gets monumentally growing and the momentum builds. Yeah. And this year we saw some of our biggest miracles. Absolutely. Biggest miracles financially. Um, we had two facilities uh, that were um, given to us at a fraction of the cost um, put in our lap. Miracles, literally. Yeah. Literally miracles given to us. And I think about it and I go, why didn't it happen in year two or three or four? Yeah. And I think we had to go through what was going through in year two, three, or four to prepare us for now. For sure. And and honestly, what we did in year two, three, four, yep. X, X, Y, Z prepared us for that. We would have actually, I don't know that we would have been able to handle it we or, or to, to steward it. it. And so one of the phrases that you used really well during the um, pandemic um, that I think was so significant is that we're going to slow down in order so that we can speed up. Yeah, which isn't natural for you. I know that. No, so, I don't like to slow down at all. <laughs> which, but that was a lot of your direction, and yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's you know it's cool to see, and I agree that there is uh, there's exponential growth. And, yeah. and I know there's a lot of newer pastors, maybe church planners listening mm -hmm. to this, and that's a different type of work. It's, yep. it's not one's better than the other. It's a different type of heart. There's a, there was a hard work principle in years two, three, and four that it's a different type of hard work now. It doesn't mean that it's an easy boat ride, nope. um, but it does challenge. So let's, let's dig in and look at that a little bit because mm -hmm. one of your phrases, which I love, is we have uphill dreams with downhill habits. Yep. You know, you're only as healthy as your habits. habits. And so a lot of this, and you know, you mentioned a few different categories, so yep. bounce around as much as you want, but you at some level have become habitual yep. with the way that you, you know, go into the family dynamic, the church dynamic. Mm -hmm. And so talk through a little bit of your daily disciplines, maybe even map out part of your weeks, just yep. so the listener can hear, because this, I think looking at social media, you know, in a social media age, it'd be easy to be following Pastor Aaron Burke and go, man, lucky guy, like, yep. man, what, but there, I know behind the scenes that that is really, you're the overnight success that took 20 years yes. of a lot of habits. So talk through some of that. Well, you know, I, I really do believe and live by the fact that it's what's seen, what's done in the unseen that really yeah. is celebrated in the scene. And yeah. so we, you know, I, this morning up at 445, making sure I do my quiet times. First thing I do during the day, yeah. um, you know, I was actually really convicted. This is, this is my vulnerable moment. For yeah. me. I was really convicted. And the end of April, I took a prayer retreat for three days. I was speaking at a conference in Michigan, tagged on a couple of days to just pray spend some time with the Lord. And the Lord really challenged me on the consistencies in my devotional life. So I would do devotions, but it's just not as consistent. And so I made a point that I'm going to go till the rest of the year without breaking a day. Yeah. Um, and that includes my journaling, which is like my soaps that I do every day. For sure. And so today is 250 days Incredible. without missing a day. So then I put my goal of next year is going, why can't I just go my whole 39th year without missing a devotional day? That's huge. Yeah. So it takes some discipline, but I really think the Lord rewards what's done in the unseen when it's done behind the scenes. So I, uh, the time with God, the investment in my marriage, yeah. you know, if the marriage falls, everything falls for sure. And so I have made it a point. So Katie and I take days away and we take some trips together. Um, we had a really busy season through September and October, but we have a 777 policy. And if you might not have heard me teach this before, but every seven days we try to go on a date. Whether mm -hmm. that's a breakfast date or a dinner date, we try to get away. We have five kids at home. It's crucial that we get a date um, every single week. Every seven weeks we try to do a day away. 
whether that's just going to the beach for a day, going to spend the night at a hotel. We're trying to do some kind of day away. And then every seven months, we're going to do some kind of vacation together. This is crucial for our marriage. So we have a discipline in my marriage. I have a discipline in my devotional life. And then I have a discipline in my my fitness. Now, I I think this can become an idol for some guys. For sure. It can become about vanity. Um, I've had to remove the idea this is about vanity and this is about longevity for me. For so sure. I want to live as long as I can with as much energy as I can so that I can make a big enough difference as I can. That's my whole vision in life. Long as I can with as much energy as I can that I can make as big a uh, difference as I can. So I have my fitness goals. Now I'm a CrossFitter. I promote yeah. that. That's not for everybody. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. got their thing. We became runners this year, yeah. which was not my thing. But um, I really feel like you've got to figure out what your habit is. I wrote out nine things that I think are crucial life lessons that I've learned in 39 years. I put them on social media. And one they of them- They were great, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. One of them was simply that you need a habit, I mean, a hobby that keeps you healthy. For sure. That's it. So if that's hiking, if that's running, if that's judicio, that's I destroyed it's that one. Jiu-jitsu, but yeah, it's, whatever. I, yeah, I've whatever. officially started. I'm two you, classes in. You're two classes so in. So I, you know, would. yeah, so- my, so, yeah, my son is actually a big jujitsu guy and he's choking me out. So I had to, you have to raise the bar. Up. Yeah, You have to show him up. So I think having a hobby that, um, that keeps you healthy, I think is crucial. I don't want to go to the gym five days a week. Yeah. I don't want to. But we do things we don't want to do so that we can achieve things that everybody wants to achieve. For sure. So we have to make those decisions. I was telling my kids the other day, they hate math right now. Yeah. I hate it. And it's a struggle for my oldest. And I told her, and she's like, well, you get to do whatever you want. I go, I don't do anything I want. <laughs> yeah. I said, there's a few things I get to do that I want to do. Right? Everything yeah. else I have to do as a discipline. That's good. So um, you got to have those habits. So let's dig into that a little. Let's kind of get the thing beneath the thing. Yep. So maybe um, there's some listeners out there today, and there's two different sides that I would love for you to kind of do a deep dive on. Yep. One is maybe there's a pastor and leader, and I follow some of them. I know their intentions, but it does come across a little bit with some vanity. And that is, yeah. I think if you could talk directly to pastors, cause I think that is something that is, we got to monitor in our hearts as yes. leaders. And then secondly, those that maybe feel like they're at an age and stage where that hasn't been a part of their life. You know, I know you, you have the story, which if you want to dig mm -hmm. into a little of when you were 30 and yep. I think the chair broke it and did. it was it a, did. it was a, it was a great awakening of fitness. Cause I think yeah. there's two, two different yeah. ends of the spectrums. One, too fitness oriented at the expense of some other things. And mm -hmm. then some that feel like they're, they're, they're stuck and they can't, but with that, the, the mental game that some of that phys physical fitness brings yep. clarity to your prayer life, to yep. vision. So if you want to kind of expound on that specifically a little. Okay. So let's first of all, talk about the vanity issue, because I think it's a great question. I think you have to ask yourself, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. Really? Why That's are good. you really doing this? You know, I think there's always the jokes with pastors of like, you know, uh, you know, you know, do the uh, the curls before you get on a stage. You want your arms to look like I'm like that's weird. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's weird. I think it's a weird culture for sure. I think um, we have to make sure we're doing stuff with the right motive. Mm -hmm. And for me, I had to have people call me out in this. Wow. So yeah, um, my brother who is a listener, his <laughs> wife who told me she was over for um, my birthday. She's like, I love your podcast, and so I'm shout out Lauren. Hey, Luke you. and Lauren. Yeah, yeah, but. Um, you know, I, I, he, he's one of those people that can speak into my life. And so it, it was probably a year or two ago. He said, stop putting videos of you working out on social media. Yeah. And I said, but I think it's fun. He goes, nobody wants to see you work out. Now, you at the gym posting your workout, fine. 
but nobody wants to see their pastor shirtless in a workout. Yeah. So uh, just <laughs> giving a little advice for all of my friends that are pastors out yeah. there, put your shirts on. Okay. Yeah. It's Leave weird. Leave your shirts on. Yeah. I, I think of my pastor growing up. Okay. <laughs> Let me not be weird, but I love my pastor, my youth yeah. pastor growing up, my senior pastor growing up. They're amazing men of God. I would have felt weird with them without a shirt. Yeah. So, they weren't physical fitness based. <laughs> so they're, yeah, they left their shirts on for other reasons too. Now, pastor but Richard, it's true. Who does listen to this. You're very physically fit. Thank you, yeah. sir. But yeah. I think it's weird. I think we have to get to a place where we go, we're people's pastors, we're mentors in people's lives. For sure. We're going to walk in modesty. I think the whole modesty culture, which kind of got weird, you know, was all about females. I think it could be about men too. We yeah. got to be, you know, modest is taught us. We, we celebrate that. But I really do think that you've got to check your motives. Why yeah. are you doing this? So for me, I just put boundaries up. So I'll post that. I'm at a 6 a.m. workout. I'll post what the workout is. I have a lot of that kind of group that follows me and there's people that are pastors that'll go, I'll do that workout too. Cool. We'll compete. Yeah. That's fun. What I think is wrong is going, let me draw attention to my body. For sure. And I think that should be every Christian's motive is to never draw attention to ourselves, but draw attention to Christ. So even our worship teams, we don't have like a whole list of like weird things that you can't wear. It's just don't draw attention to yourself. Draw That's attention good. to Christ. It's very good. So for me, I, I just want to make sure I'm drawing attention to Christ. I don't want ever people to be distracted by, and I don't think anybody's ever distracted by my looks, but I don't think anybody <laughs> should be distracted no. by any part of me other than I want to draw attention to Christ. So that's the vanity side. The second part is it's never too late to start. That's good. never too late to start. For sure. So I, that's what I love about um, CrossFit is there's people that are coming in and they're in their forties and their fifties and they're just, they're out of shape. They're, and they want to get their life in order. I saw a guy in the gym the other day, he's probably 40. He just had his first child. And he said, um, I want to live to see my kids graduate high school and get married. And he goes, and I just know that on the track I'm going, I just will never live. Wow. And he was severely out of shape, but he was trying. I think you can always try. My The story is, yeah. I was in India. I had just planted the church. I was 30 plus pounds overweight. And I... Um, and I was exhausted because all you do when you church plan is you go out to eat all the time. That's not all you do. That's a lot of what you do because you're <laughs> just recruiting nonstop yeah. people. So I'd go dinner after dinner, lunch after lunch. And so I gained a bunch of weight. And so I go to India with a group. I'm sitting there preaching a pastor's conference. And while I sit in my chair, the chair snaps on the stage. Oh my goodness. So, Which to your credit, the Indian chairs aren't the most the stable, quality. but not, it is a little bit of, a, of an eye opener. And that's not a, a, a <laughs> that's not a knock on our Indian brothers and sisters because these chairs were made in China too. Yeah, so like exactly. But they were cheap. I snapped. I went to the floor and I looked at a buddy of mine who's on staff and I said, that's it. That's I'm my done. wake up call. I'm getting in shape, came back, joined CrossFit. Um, and that's eight plus years later. And so, and then you fluctuate. Yeah. I'm not in the best shape of my life. I'm in better shape than I was nine years ago. Correct. So it's, yeah. it's not, you're going to go through seasons. So. Well, what I love about that is, and we'll, we'll close and move on, but I do think for the listener to hear that it's, it's longevity in every way, mm -hmm. S those categories, which I'd love to just kind of cap yep. those off is you had spiritual, yep. marital, you have your faith and, and you got to have a plan for your faith. You will never you will never accidentally get to a place you want to spiritually. For sure. It takes intentionality. And then I would just, if you can rapid fire, yeah. just. So, so I'm going to do, I'm going to do uh, my spiritual life, which is my faith. I'm going to do my family, which includes my kids. I've got to have a vision for my kids. Amen. And yeah. without vision, they're going to perish and I'm going to have vision for them. And then I, I say family, but then I also say my marriage. I, I put it as a separate category because I really want to intentionally invest in my marriage. And then I have my uh, fitness um, and then I have my finances. 
and um, and then obviously the ministry that I'm in right now. So you you've got to make sure you have something for every single one of those. For sure. And I I just want to encourage all the leaders out there that wherever you're at with that, the same way with physical fitness, you're never it's never too late to start. And yep. so maybe you maybe you're in a marriage and it's not as healthy as you want it to be. Start. You know, maybe yep. your relationship with your kids, your church, fill in the blank of whatever things you're working on. And today's the day you know, to start. And so just jump in. I preached on it yesterday on uh, Romans 14, and it says, make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. And I think we've stopped at every effort. We stop at one effort. We, we tried and we stopped. We worked out. We didn't lose the weight. Correct. We went on a diet. didn't work. We went to counseling. It didn't help. And that's not what the scriptures say. This is every effort. You're going to keep trying until you win. Keep trying, For keep sure. trying, keep trying. And I think that's the key to a great leader. I love that. You know, let's um, let's shift gears just a little bit because yep. I think you know you've um, you know been an incredible church planner, now pastor of a multi-site church. You have a huge family, so leadership is a big part of who you are mm-hmm. and what you've done. So, uh, and just for context, you know, I I started following you as a as a person on your team at yep. nineteen. Yep. Um, you Long know, yeah, from a small group leader to now, and so I've kind of seen behind the scenes, and I know that one of our cultural standards, one of our values is it's not about what we can do. It's about the people that we can develop. Mm-hmm. It's about the people that we yep. can raise. Mm-hmm. So what I'd love for the, the listeners to hear from you today is a little bit of principle. If you want to just kind of cast some vision to principles of leadership yep. and then some context, because I know there's some listeners today that they're the early days, you know, they're maybe started a small group. They're recruiting volunteer people all the way to pastors, church and business leaders that are now scaling an organization. Um, so if you want to start us off though, yep. what are the, what are the principles and what are some of the biggest kind of whys and vision of, um, cause one other thing before you answer is I think something that you've done really well is you've delegated authority mm-hmm. and you've been very transparent about that. You don't have all of the answers. So if yep. you just want to talk to us about all things leadership. So let me just say it this way. One of my life phrases is that your greatest success will be your successor. Yeah. Um, um, your greatest ministry will not be what you do, but it'll be who you raise. That's and so good. those are two phrases I live by consistently. And so I was a youth pastor and I never really cared for youth ministry. I mean, we were in the together. Yeah. You were a better youth pastor than mm. I ever was. But my <laughs> desire while I was there is I knew God called me there and I knew that my my greatest win would be who I can raise up within the youth ministry. Yeah. And so I did, you know, leadership during the summer with the, t- with the teenagers. And then all throughout the year, I do internships and, you know, apprenticeships and raise up um, and young adults as, as youth leaders. And many of them are in ministry today. Many of them are on staff at Radiant. So I really feel like this is the greatest thing that we can do in leadership is raise up people. And let me just encourage some of the guys out there and girls out there who are listening to this, because you can't raise them up if you don't get close to them. So this That's medium really good. Of, of, of leadership development works um, because uh, it works to an extent, but it's not the most successful way of raising up leaders. I will never do a podcast that'll develop the next generation of leaders. Yeah. It's me going to Sri Lanka a few weeks ago with five guys on our team. Yeah. And hanging out with them for nine days and sitting in the van and talking through life and talking through culture and talking through what we're doing and talking through decision making. That's real leadership. Mm-hmm. And I meet so many guys and they want leaders. They just don't want to be around people. Yeah. And I'm like, it doesn't work. So get real vulnerable. I think Jesus is the best example of this. Yeah. He preached to the crowds of thousands, but that's not his business, biggest success. His biggest success was the 12 
which eventually was the three who he did life with. Yeah. And they went over and changed the whole world. So you've got to get close to people. So I, I tell early church planners, get lots of dinners on the calendar, live life with people, have people in your home. You know, it's just something about doing life together. Our our executive leadership team meetings, I mm-hmm. mean, you can testify to this. Like they're not 30 minute yeah. stand up meetings in For my sure. office. Let's make some decisions and get out. For sure. There, we're there early. Yeah. We're sitting around for hours. There's there's a healthy amount of tension, I would say. There's Lots relationship. Of I mean, even there's in the last week. There's always food. Yeah. I mean, we order lunch. Yeah. That's a big part of it. We have coffee when we get there. But there's lots of tension. For sure. Because my thing is, is they, it's not so much what I can teach them. Best The best leadership is not t- caught. I mean, the best leadership is not taught. It's caught. Mm-hmm. So you've got to have people around you. So I have the most crucial leaders in our church, our executive team, who pastor all of our staff, which is 80 plus people now. They pastor all of our dream team, which is hundreds and hundreds of people now. And those people are going to spend the most time with me. For sure. And we're going to be around each other a lot. I love that. I want to dig in a little bit because I think this is, um, there's a lot of leaders out there that are maybe asking themselves, how close is too close? Mm -hmm. You know, where am I the leader and where am I the friend? You know, I feel like we hear a lot of people that maybe they have a little bit too much of a barrier Mm -hmm. and then maybe that they don't have a barrier at all. And so if you can kind of speak to those two extremes on your philosophies and, and what you've kind of because I think you have to be intentional. Yes. Don't let it just happen. So what would you say to those two extremes? Well, if you're going to err on one side, can I encourage you to err on the side of no boundaries and have everybody close to you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. You To hide in your green room and to be in your ivory tower and come down to the peasants once in a while <laughs> is weird leadership. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, hopefully that's been broken. Um, I've probably erred on that too much. Uh, because we just do life together. Yeah. I think about it last year, you know, Katie and I, we took the kids on a cruise a week ago and a year ago during that cruise was a bunch of just ra- radiant staff. Like we yeah. just invited some friends like, Hey, let's all go. For sure. And we thought about like, that's kind of weird. It was yeah. a little weird that we were just hanging out. You know, it's a, it's a thriving church. There's a lot of people on staff and we were just playing cards on the deck of, on a cruise ship. But at the same time, I want to be that leader. For sure. I want to be that leader that is approachable, open door policy. People can challenge up, support down. I think me and you model this very well. So our families are friends. Uh, You came over the other night. The kids are all swimming in the pool. We're hanging out talking. Um, We're talking about things that are not church related. But at the same time, and we've traveled all over the world together, Bobby and Mm -hmm. I. But at the same time, there's a level of respect and honor that, you know, I'm your pastor, I'm your boss, but at the same time, we're friends, we're in each other's weddings. Like, it's just, yeah, that, that tension, it's a tension to manage and a problem to solve. Yeah. And, and maybe if I can just piggyback on that, uh, those that are maybe second chair leaders and, but what I mean by second chair is anyone who's not the, the chief leader, uh, doesn't mean you report directly to the lead pastor. Maybe your layers removed. Maybe you're on the dream team is that I think a healthy understanding of, I know, um, that I have the relational equity with you where I could challenge you on any, I could say, Hey man, that was off or this was off. But the context and the, the way that I approach that is everything. And I feel like in some ways I've, I've earned that You have, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to challenge in the wrong setting, you know, with, with new staff. I'm, it's going to be behind closed doors, very respectful because I think that that creates trust. And, um, you know, for, from top tier leaders, as well as support staff and everything in between, trust is the 
the single most important ingredient because the, we know that we have the best intentions in mind. You know, I'm going to drop the ball. You're going to drop the ball. Yep. And we have to realize that trust is what is going to be the glue that holds us together because we're not perfect. You know, yep. we're going to blow it. We're going to have a bad day. We're going to have an off day. Um, but I do love the fact that you err on the side of vulnerability, the side of trust. I think it, I think it is, it, it removes this idea of, um, you know, the security guard side. It's like, pastor, yep. why, you know, maybe you don't need a security guard. Right. And, and, which is a real issue. I mean, like, but can I just say one thing? Yeah. Uh, well, two things off of that. Um, I think it's important that we have vocalized over the year that we're committed to each other. For sure. And that's that's a huge thing. Um, there's mo- many times I'll sit down with Bobby and be like, Bobby, I am committed to the Sasser family. I yes. Am, I am a huge Sasser fam. Sasser is his last name, by the way, yeah. just so for the <laughs> listeners. Who's Sasser? And then Bobby has made it very clear. He continually says, I am, I am on team Aaron. Like I am a part of Radiant. I am, this is my church. We are here. This is our roots. And you know what? Things can change. For sure. God can call people different places. But what it's done during this season is to know that, oh, there's a loyalty aspect to each other that is so crucial. Um, I'll say this, you have uh, done the best job uh, probably that I've ever experienced on really making sure that you don't ever get to a place where you treat what is uncommon as common and yeah you know um you know in a group setting hey aaron yeah yeah chill out you you know i've had people get close to me and we'll start working out together we'll hang out Mm -hmm. and then eventually the familiarity gets in there and they start treating me like i'm I'm your i'm your 18 year old buddy yeah Uh, we're not buddies we're like we're friends we want to do this thing together and that ruins it relationship. Yeah. So I think having both of those is so crucial. But as a leader, can I just say this? Like, err on the side of getting really close. Everybody's like, how do you protect your heart? And people are going to let you know. How, you know how many people have left our team and yeah. moved away? And really, I've had to go before the Lord. I've had to cry in front of my wife. I've, I've, had, I've, I've cried in front of our executive leadership team with people that have left the church. And they promised me everything. And it hurts. Yeah. But you know what? It's, it's worth, I look back and I look at the years I invested in him or her and I go, you know what? It's still worth it. They're still now sure. a success because of the, my influence in my life uh, that I was able to put influence in them. So celebrate the wins and realize that you won't see all the fruit on the side of eternity. So let's, let's talk about that just for a moment. Mm-hmm. If you, if you would, yeah. because you've made a statement and I don't have it written down, but I remember this, this idea of you don't want to create barriers for the future people that are coming in mm-hmm. because of maybe the present yep. hurt yep. or the past hurt yep. on the, the, you still want to be an open book and, yep. and still want to kind of connect. So with that, how have you guarded your heart in terms of, you know, scars are the credentials of life, right? All sure. of us are going to have some cuts. All of us are going to have yep. some, uh, you know, some transitions and different things. So what have you done to make, sh- maintain kind of an openness towards newer people that are maybe joining the team, new relationships that God opens up for you? Yep. And how have you not guarded against those past hurts? Well, I think part of it is, first of all, you got to vent to the Lord. Um, I, I go to him. I, I love what you said about scars. I'll show everybody my scars. I don't show everybody my wounds. That's good. Big difference between the two. Um, a wound is an open cut, an open sore. You show that to a professional or you show that to you know your spouse. That's I'll show very that good. to my executive leadership team. Um, people have left and I, I, I've sat with Bobby and you know, vented. I just can't. I'm frustrated. Yeah. That's okay. I For would sure. never do that with my staff. Absolutely. I would never do that with the church. 
I'm yeah. never going to verbally vomit on the church and tell yeah. them how mad I am about, you know, so-and-so leaving or so-and-so abandoning me. Um, that's, that's, an, that's one thing. I really think the way that you honor someone on the way out celebrates and positions your heart for the Lord to bring in the right person that's next. And it positions you to just trust that, you know what, um, if God brought somebody out, then he's going to bring somebody in that's going to take it to the next level. That's and good. we've seen that in every area. I've had incredible, uh, incredible leaders. One, one of the guys, and I know he listens to this, so I'll celebrate him. Um, he promised me a year. He said he would move down here, be with me a year with my friend Jacob. Yeah. And Jacob's a spiritual son. I love him to death. And so he promised me a year. He wanted to learn church planning. He stayed three years. Yeah. And it was amazing. But when he left, it was really hard because he's such a dynamic personality. And I love doing life with him. For sure. so much fun. Yeah. So it was hard. It was hard for me to see him go. But the way I honored him on the way out, I think really set us up. And that campus is thriving, you know, and it's, it's doing awesome. And I think what it did is it positioned me to really respect and go, okay, if God is leading this person on, then God's not going to forsake me. Yeah. And he's going to keep us excited and and going to not forsake the ministry that's going to be there. So I, I've just got to keep my heart open that God has always got something better next. For sure. And it's God's so, church. It's God's it's team. His church. It's church. Yeah. And I think that's that's a healthy perspective. With that, if you could, because maybe mm-hmm. there is some, uh, there there are some teams maybe that are going mm-hmm. through transitions, yep. some pastors that are maybe feeling some of that. Um, I think realizing that it's probably going to, hopefully not going to be a common theme where, where it's unhealthy and toxic, but transit. People, people, people are being moved, moved to and fro by the Lord. So with that, when you think transition, mm-hmm. um, how, what are, what are some of the top principles, the best practices yeah. for how to evaluate that? What does the behind the scenes conversations look like? How do you do it publicly? If you yeah. want to kind of wrap it up. Don't beat yourself up when people transition from your team. For sure. So, um, my, uh, my mother's, um, husband, she got married to a guy about uh, a few years ago and he owns a company. And he says, they've gone through 74 employees this year. Wow. And uh, they only have 15 employees in the, in the company. So <laughs> it's the wow. rotation. Yeah, that's and, a... and you can feel bad, but it's a warehouse work. It's yeah. entry-level job. And it's the world we live in. So he can beat himself up about transition or realize there's just, it's the For world sure. we live in too. Absolutely. Um, so we have 80 plus employees. There's not a week we go by that somebody's not transitioning. Mm-hmm. Not because we have a bad culture, but just because things happen in life. For Somebody sure. moves, someone's spouse gets re- relocated. So um, here's what we have discovered with this. First of all, um, if they need to be fired, you fire fast. You That's fire good. fast. Please, th- what we have recognized is the longer we've held out, it's only hurt the ministry. For and sure. most of the time I've held out because I think, oh my gosh, this whole thing's gonna fall apart if they leave. Yeah. No. If they're toxic in your company, get rid of them. Um, I've heard it said that um, you know if 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 they're the problem and you don't get rid of them, eventually they're no longer the problem. You're the problem. That's yeah. So you've got to get rid of them. You've got to make a decision. So uh, we do the three T's of all of our problems. Yeah. And so I think this is helpful. Uh, we think if anybody's an issue, they've got a training issue. So yep. we're going to always try to train them better. And honestly, every organization, including ours, can train people better. And and on that one, I think yep. that's, that is the time, just so people didn't miss that part. The first step is not what's wrong with them. It's what's wrong with us. It's 100%. a, it's a man in the mirror, man or woman in the mirror of like, how have I not communicated? How have I not trained? Yep. Am I, have I gotten everything? Cause a lot of times, especially in church planning, startup mm-hmm. church, you know, first 10 
15 years of church, there's a lot of tribal knowledge that's in yep. here in our head and we haven't translated. So I, I just want the the listener to hear, pastor, leader, like before you start just cutting people off, like yeah. it, it is us. Like we have to do a self-evaluation and reflect Always. on how we've trained. So Always going to reflect on how we train. We're going to make sure, do we have an SOP that makes it very clear? Did we do our part? Um, do they need training and and do they need development in their um their emotional health, their physical sure. health. They, we have to go through everything. Okay, have we done everything we can do in their position? So I'm always going to put it on me in that area. And one thing on that is I think there's the competency, but mm-hmm. also cultural. Yes. Because we in church world, uh, in every organization, but especially the dynamics of church culture, we've seen people transit. This is their first ministry job. Yep. And the cultural piece cannot be um, un- overlooked. Like yep. there's a component of ministry that is a different type of job than just selling widgets. And there's nothing yep. wrong with sales yep. and marketing and all those types of careers. Those are really great careers. We need those. Uh, the medical field, the legal, all of those things. But ministry is a unique role where competency and culture kind of intertwine more than ever before. Absolutely. And then we always have the third one on there, which is obviously character. So if there's a character issue and I'm always going to default on, they don't know. Yeah. They don't know, they don't the know yeah. that you don't yell at someone. They don't know that you don't cuss. <laughs> yeah. You don't know that, um, for, you know, that we tithe, we give God our first. You don't, they just don't know that we show for up sure. on time. So we're going to, we're going to deal with all of those things. So there's always going to be a training. Uh, we have tried many times to transfer people to another department. Uh, this one gets messy. It's easier early days because yeah. e- earlier days you're hiring mostly jack of all trades and you can sure. get people into different departments easier. Uh, that's harder now because we're hiring more specialists. So if we hire you as a children's pastor, who I think we have the ch- best children's pastor in America, but if we hire you as a children's pastor and you fail as a children's pastor, we're not going to move you to a uh, videographer yeah. just because we love you. Yeah. you know. Uh, so, But we have tried transferring people and that's worked. For uh, sure. Multiple times. We have multiple campuses, moving people to campuses, moving people to different jobs. That's worked. Um, and then our third one is always going to be termination. And it's just that it didn't work. Um, with good transition. So that's the bad transition. With good transition, here's what I'm going to do. I'm never going to air my grievances with the public for anybody that's doing that. I'm always going to over honor. I learned this from so many mentors in my life that, you know, you honor to death from the stage. You love them to death. Um, how you celebrate them leaving really sets the culture of how you'll receive the next person in. That's and I good. want you to hear that that's because really good. if people think that, oh, you bash that person as you left, then they're going to walk in going, when I leave, they're going to bash me too. Mm. This is not a trustworthy place. So I've set a culture. We actually had a call the other day with our staff, with our ELT. And I said, our culture will always be that we are kind to those who are transitioning. For sure. Always. We can be frustrated. We can be mad. But we are always going to be very kind and overly generous financially and overly generous with time um, to bless them. So we're going to make sure that transition does. What we've learned, and I think this is important, is um, long transitions are not a win. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> we have transitioned it's time multiple to go, it's campus time to pastors, yeah. multiple departments, and they'll get to us and they've talked to us and they go, you know, I th- just think at the end of 2028, we really feel like God's leading me somewhere else. <laughs> and we go, great. You have a month on our staff. We'll yes. celebrate you. Now we'll pay you. We'll bless you. Yes. And We're going to take care of you. But if their mind shifts, their job needs to shift. Well, and I think 
I think that is uh, is good for the listeners to hear as well, because pastors, leaders, business leaders is by the time they're having the conversation with you, the amount of conversations they've had with maybe their spouse, if yep. they're married, their yep. best friends, their parents, their mentors, yep. it's been marinating in their mind for a while. Long and time. so it, it's not doing them, a, it's doing them a disservice, the ministry that they lead, their team. And uh, every person that we've had a long transition, we have come back and gone. That was too long. It's too long. It's too long. And you it's out of the ship. care for them. We we thought Always. we were doing them doing them a, a service, and uh, it's yeah, it's not a win either way. So, so we don't want to cut them off. We want to bless them financially, but we also understand it's not a win to keep people around. Let me just say one more thing about transition is we learned something amazing from the military. Yeah. And um, I was I went to the base that we have down here is McDill, and the, I was there for the changing of the command. Yeah. So the wing commander came to Radiant. He was a crucial part of our church. And then he transitioned to Colorado Springs and the new commander came in. So I went to the ceremony and it was so amazing because the general's up there. The general celebrates the wing commander, gives some nice speeches. And then the whole, the whole, um, the whole uh, command is there. Everybody's there. All the, all the Air Force uh, people are there and they're all there. And then he goes, okay, great. That was your previous leader. Here's your next leader. Take it away. And they give him a speech and, they, yeah. and he leads. And we've approached that when it comes to our campuses. Like, yep. Hey, your your campus pastor is transitioning. We love him or her. We celebrate him. We we're behind yeah. him. They're gone. There's a reception in the lobby. For Here's sure. your new campus pastor. Exactly. And I think what it does is it brings clarity. It brings it vision. And people, um, you know, something the hard lesson I've had to learn is like it's we're all replaceable. You know, it's like yeah, we're, we are. We're, we're, God's positioned us for such a time as this and God's positioning other people. So, well, with that, that's great. All things leadership, which, you know, yep. I know they can go back through the archives and hear a lot more on yep. leadership, but I would love to just do some rapid fire real quick, just, to, just as we kind of end our time. Sure. So um, best book you read this year? Um, I read, uh, I read a few different books. Um, you wrote a book. Yeah. Wrote you know, book. that's the book. It's like, that's I, I what a flex, my... you know, it's like, actually my book was yeah. the best book. My book was the best book. You know what? I, I've read so many amazing leadership books this year. Honestly, I have to give my boy a shout out, Mark Batterson. Yeah. Win the day was so easy and so game changer for me. And I started at the beginning yeah. of the year. I've read so many of these like cultural, um, classic books this year during the summer and all of them i was like man when the day was so much better so if you haven't win when the day yeah. it just talks about mastering your day it is it's such he writes it's great but it's easy to read and love it yeah. um so this can go down uh, a rabbit trail but i'm yeah. going to ask just one what what's one thing you would do if you were to plan again uh, i'd invest early on in that better children's ministry children's ministry well perfect. i feel like that's where uh we have a great one now i we would be light years away if we had invested better in our children's ministry early on love that yeah yep. i agree um biggest fail as a leader biggest fail is not investing in children's ministry um, no, <laughs> uh, yeah uh, i think my biggest fail is probably um you i mean again over trusting over probably being a little too uh mm -hmm. open with some people that were newer you know and then here's here, here's a good one ready um over celebrating the extremes and under celebrating the middle of the road sustainable consistent leaders yes the two extremes always get the attention of the leader they do so it's the the loud crazy person that's right there and then it's the extreme you know, uh, problem child. You got the two like big extremes that mostly get all celebrated from the stage, get celebrated from yeah. our staff. And I've realized the church is built off of the healthy middle of the road, 
consistent. They just show yeah. up. They're there. And I wish I would have celebrated them more. So with that, because I agree, it's the children's books, right? The yeah. little engine that could, the, the tortoise and the hare. Yeah. So what have you done differently with that? Because I think there's some leaders here that the squeaky wheel gets the attention. There yeah. are just those faithful few, maybe even some um, some church planners listening that yeah. were there for la- from launch day, but they're not the most, they're not on the stage. They're not leading yeah. those big kind of public ministries. How would you, or what would you do to uh, show appreciation or value more? So um, I'm, I'm always drawn to the loud person. Mm-hmm. So when I was around some loud people recently, I started asking this question, who are you most impressed with on the staff? That is a surprise. Mm. And I started asking them and it was interesting. Um, I'll give a shout out to one of the guys. So I asked some of our team that, and um, out of five guys that were with me, three of them said this guy named Garrett. Nice. Now, I don't know Garrett. I know Garrett a little bit. Garrett's you don't on our work team. directly I with him. Directly. Yeah. Garrett is not a loud, no. uh, yeah. you know, upfront guy. And all of them said, great character, hard work ethic, nice. loves his wife, you know, takes care of his child, builds teams. And I'm sitting there going, wow, you can look on our Celebrate shout out, uh, shout out staff channel on Slack. Yeah. Garrett's name's never mentioned yeah, there, no, it's... but Garrett's working the system. So I, what I've realized is I got to get past the loud and get to the, to who's actually running this thing For sure. that's not getting celebrated all the time. You just got to ask the questions. I love that. Which by the way, just a, a side note, listener, if you are one of those staff that are maybe a little bit more behind the scenes, just keep doing what you're doing. It's You're not doing yep. it for the accolades of men and women. And share uh, this podcast yeah. with your leader. <laughs> yeah. Share it with your leader, but shout out to, to Garrett, Gary at our yeah. St. Pete location. He's the man. Um, so last question, um, what do you do when you feel stuck? Um, so what I do is I, I take a little bit of time away. So if I feel stuck, I take a little bit of time. I feel like a change of scenery and a change of, of, of my uh, routine gives me a change of perspective. Mm. So I think it's a a change of place, a change of pattern gives me a change of perspective. So if I'm ever that again? a change of place, a change of pattern gives you a change of perspective. So write that down. <laughs> so what I have done is I've done prayer retreats. Yeah. I've done a day away. I've done just time to go. I just can't figure this out. For sure. I've also brought it to our team. And I've brought many times to our team going, I can't figure this out. Help me. And multiple voices speaking in the same thing brings so much change. That's really good. So you want to have different voices involved in that. You want to, I never want to be the smartest person at the table, which is pretty easy for me not to be um, because there's just, I surround myself with smart people. Hmm. But if you feel stuck, get a change of scenery, get a change of your routine, get before the Lord, invite his presence in and, and figure it out. You can figure it out. And by the way, Nothing that we're doing as church or business leaders for sure is new. For sure. Nothing. Nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new. Mm-hmm. None of us are innovating the newest next thing. Okay. Yeah. None of us are Elon Musk. Okay. <laughs> I, I hate to say it. We're not Steve Jobs. Okay. I yeah. think it's awesome. We're not those people. So that means that everybody's done what you've done better than you. Figure out what they're doing. For sure. And so I just. There's somebody that's been a church our size before with this many Correct. campuses, and we know who they are. Yeah, and we're we're figuring out everything they're doing to get better at it. We had a coach, we have a coach that continually coaches us to get better. 
because I just refuse to figure it out on my own. And um, that's what I've done. Well, I think that's great. And I think that's a, a great place to land the plane because, you know, we're in December. So yep. whether hopefully people are listening to this as it comes out, if you're listening to this in the future, then apply yep. all this now. Yep. But you're at a crucial time. It's the end of 2022. Um, it's a fresh year coming up in just a few weeks. And I think yep. all of these principles come together. But I think what, j- just to recap some principles, focus on your relationship with the Lord, whether yes. you're leading a business, you're married, not married, you're a ministry leader, wherever you're at in life, spiritual, you know, leadership is the best. Um, if you're married, focus on your marriage. You're only yeah. going to be as healthy as your marriage. Yes. Uh, physical fitness, like have some principles around feeling healthy. Again, yeah. not the vanity. And I think this has been great. It's been so uh, refreshing to just kind of hear your heart. Thank you again, yep. uh, just for being vulnerable and transparent. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to 2023. 2023 is going to be awesome. And hey, I really appreciate it. Make sure you share this content. Let us know on social media that you're listening to it. And we will uh, see you and be connected with you in this next year. Thanks for listening to Made For More. 